Hello, my fellow property managers. Welcome to episode four of the Property Management Business Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Cunningham. Today, we're going to be talking about screening potential owner clients. Have you ever worked with an owner client that you regretted the fact that you were working with them? Well, what can we do on the front end to ask them some questions to determine whether or not this is someone we want to choose to be in a relationship with? I'm going to give you four questions for filters you can look at every lead that comes to you through to determine whether or not this is going to be a good fit for your business after that we're going to talk about two questions we're going to talk about what to do when you have an owner client who has a bill to be paid but no money to pay it how do you handle that and then we're going to talk about what to do we have a question on what do you do if i did bring on an owner client that i now regret I should not have brought them on. How do I get rid of them? So I'll offer you some suggestions on tips. Welcome, my friends. And here we go. Hello, my fellow property managers. Mark Cunningham, your host of the Property Management Business Podcast. Welcome to another episode. We're here to talk to you today around the idea of screening potential owner clients. As property management companies, we spend a lot of money, we spend a lot of effort, we spend a lot of time trying to drive new owner-client leads to us. We do it through online advertising, we do it through word of mouth. There's many, many different marketing ways and opportunities for us to spend money. And we do that, we work really, really hard. So when a prospective owner-client lead flows into you. Maybe your phone rings and you pick it up and they say, hey, I'm I'm Bill and uh, I was looking at potentially renting out my property. I found you online and I wanted to get some information from you. Or maybe you receive an email from this prospective owner client, Sally, and Sally's interested in renting out her investment property. She wants to change, change property management companies. She's not super happy with her current company. So you suddenly go into sales mode. You want to close this potential owner client down and convince them why they should work with you, why they should choose you and let you be the one to manage their property. And that's all part of what we do with taking new owner clients on. But I want to get very, very specific today and talk to you about how you screen those new prospective owner clients. Is every owner client a good owner client? Is every owner client a good fit for the way you do business? Now, the answer to that is no. That should have been a pretty easy question for you to answer. We know that if you've been in business for any period of time, you know that every owner client that comes in is not necessarily somebody you want to work with. So how do we make that determination? How can you without going through too much headache and hassle, determine on the front end, is this somebody that I wanna spend a lot of time with? Do I wanna meet with this person at their home? Do I wanna engage in a business relationship with this person? Or is this someone who just, maybe they're a great person, but they're not a great fit for the business I'm in? And there's a lot of different ways we can tell that, and we will address this ongoing, because this is one of the biggest problems I think we have as third-party property managers, is ensuring we have the proper owner-client base. But today, we're just going to get real granular on that. And I want to share with you four questions 
that I think you can ask a prospective owner client to help determine whether or not they're going to be a good fit for you as they come in. Okay, so the lead comes in, the phone rings, you answer the phone and they say, hey, I want to, I may want to hire you. We, we typically freeze up right there because what do you say? Do you say, oh, well, what questions do you have for me? Or do you say, oh, well, well, tell me uh, about your property. So here's my strong recommendation to you. And you may want to write this down because I guarantee you will forget the first time the phone rings. Here is the exact question that we ask of prospective owner clients. And I strongly encourage you to ask this question. The question is, so tell me a little bit about you. Now, notice I did not say, so tell me a little bit about your property. I do want to find out about the property, but not yet because I want to know about them. So when they call in and say, yes, I'd like to get some information on your property management services. Okay, great. Tell me a little bit about you. Well, my property is located uh, just down the street from your office. You say, well, yeah, that's great. And I do want to hear about your property, but, but tell me a little bit about you first, because we're trying to determine if this is an owner client that we want to work with. So they're going to start talking about them. It's amazing, isn't it? What people will tell you about themselves if you just shut up and let them talk. Too many of us go into sales mode. We're going to tell them how great we are, how many years we've been in business and tell them about our amazing software that we use and how we can streamline the process for them. And oh, we're, we're going to tell them the awards we've won and, and all the initials after our names. My friends, with all due respect, they don't care about any of those things. They want to know what's in it for them. So before we start even telling them what's in it for them, let them tell you about them. And you're going to try to discern four things from this conversation. So when you call into my office, if you called in and, and you secret shopped us as a prospective owner client, we're going to say, first of all, so tell me a little bit about you. And then based upon the conversation, there are four questions that we have to discern about you as the prospective owner client during that phone conversation. Question number one is, is this owner financially stable? We actually have these down on a piece of paper. So my, my executive property manager is going to be talking to you, prospective owner client, and they're going to have a number of questions they go through. But at the end of this document, these are the four questions that they have to discern about you. And after every one of these statements, is the owner client financially stable? There's two little checkboxes, a yes or no checkbox. And we must check yes to each of those four questions. And if we cannot check yes to each of the four questions, then we know the owner client is not a good perspective fit and we're not allowed to work with that owner client. So question number one, are they financially stable? Now we can discern that from the conversation, can't we? Because if the owner client says something like, you know, gosh, if, uh, if I don't have this property rented by Tuesday, I can't make my mortgage payment. Ooh, that's probably not a financially stable owner client. Or if they say, you know, it really needs some more work in the property, but I, I'm just out of money. So I'm just going to have to rent it as is. Okay. Those are the things we want to listen for to help us discern and determine whether or not the owner client is financially stable. That's question number one. It's a straightforward yes or no. Question number two that we need to discern from the conversation, is this owner client emotionally stable? Now, my recommendation to you, my friends, is do not ask them this question verbatim. 
that may lead to some awkwardness in the conversation, but we need to discern that. Have, have you ever worked with crazy? Uh, we have, we, we've somehow let crazy in the door. Owner clients need to be very understanding. They need to be stable because weird things happen, don't they? You're going to have to call that owner at some point in time if you work with them long enough and tell them that the tenant hasn't paid rent and they're refusing to pay rent. And that owner's response needs to be professional. It needs to be understanding. It needs to come from an emotionally stable place. So we want to discern this information. One, one of my property managers not too long ago said, Mark, how do I really know? How can I discern in a five to seven minute phone conversation if this owner is emotionally stable? And I said, yeah, I get it. It, it can be tough. We have to kind of watch for red flags in the conversation. But in my experience, the, the two things I look for is if they cry during the first phone conversation, that's probably not a good sign. And then the second thing is if they own more than two cats, you just know. You just know they've they've got their issue. And I'm, I'm sorry, you cat lovers out there. I'm sorry. I'm a cat lover, actually. Well, no, I'm not. I, I can't lie. I'm not a cat lover. But if they own more than two cats, then they, they've got some emotional issues there. But we need to discern this information. So number one, are they financially stable? Number two, are they emotionally stable? Number three, are they realistic in expectations? Are they realistic in expectations? Now, this is a big, broad one, isn't it? Because it means a lot of things. So for example, if they say right off the bat, hey, uh, I need to get $3,000 a month for this property. And you look it up online and you think, boy, this, this thing is going to be squeaking by to get $2,200 a month. Well, they're just not realistic, are they? Or maybe they say, um, yes, I want you to come to my house. I'm here right now. I need you here in, in 15 minutes um, to look at this. That's all that works for me. Well, they're not realistic in expectations about your time. So there's a wide variety of ways they may be unrealistic. They may have too high of expectations for the rent. They may have high too high of expectations for what you're going to do for them or your level of service. They may be overly demanding. They may expect you to contact them before you ever fix anything that breaks in the house. that That's an unrealistic expectation, isn't it? If they say, well, before you ever fix anything, I want a phone call and uh, well, I want to discuss that. Or before you approve the tenant, I want to talk to you about the prospective tenant. You present them to me and I will make that determination. They're unrealistic in those expectations. That's a pretty easy one, I think, to discern during that initial conversation, their level of expectation. So question number one, are they financially stable? Question number two, are they emotionally stable? Question number three, are they realistic in expectations? And question number four, do they trust us as the expert? Do they trust us as the expert? Now, this is not going to happen initially. I mean, they're not going to call you trusting you necessarily right off the bat. You have to win their confidence. You have to win that confidence. Now, you're going to do that in a number of ways. Hopefully, your website is going to help with that. Hopefully they've spent some time on your website and you have built your website to be so educationally focused that that's going to build and win some confidence for them to look at you through your website and say, gosh, these people are, they know what they're doing. They're experts at what they do. So the website is a huge tool for us to win that confidence. And you're not going to win their trust and win their confidence necessarily in that first call. But you can get a sense of how much are they going to trust us because they're going to put the key to the front door 
of their most valuable asset. What is the most likely their most valuable asset? Their front door key. They're putting that into your hand. If they don't trust you as the expert, things are not going to unfold well because they're always going to be mistrusting of you. They're always going to be looking over your shoulder. They have to be able to trust you because you have a lot of control and a lot of authority over your house. So if you can on those four questions, if you can walk away from those initial conversations saying, yes, they are financially stable. They are emotionally stable. I think they're realistic in expectations. And I think they trust us they're, or they're beginning to trust us in this process. That then is that filter for us to say, okay, this may be someone that we can work with. But most importantly, if any of those four things are a no, then you can't work with them. You're not allowed to work with them. You only have a certain number of slots of potential owner clients that you have the ability to manage for. And you don't want to give one of those slots to a prospective owner client who is a bad fit because we've all done it. We've all regretted it. And then you have to let them off somehow. And getting rid of an owner client can be more difficult than bringing an owner client on. I think some of the best decisions we have made in the course of our business are those owner clients who we have declined to work with. Those are, those are great decisions. And if someone says no to you, if you're explaining your process and they say, well, I'm going to need you to change this uh, in your management agreement. And I'm going to need you. I know your typical process is to uh, approve tenants without checking with owner clients, but I'm going to need you to call me. If you say, no, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Here's what we do. And here's why we do it. You have to explain the why. That's part of the gaining their trust and winning their confidence. But if that becomes a deal killer, I don't look at that as missing out on an owner client. I look at that as dodging a bullet. You just dodged a very high intensity bullet that could have taken you down. So don't worry about the ones you didn't get if they didn't fit your criteria. Now, if you're not getting anybody, that's a different story. That's not what we're talking about here. And if, if you're not clear on those four things, if you talk to somebody and say, gosh, I, I think they meet those things. I, I just don't know. There's just, there's something there. There's something in my gut that tells me this may not be a good owner client. They were, they were just a little too argumentative or they just sounded really demanding. I just, I just didn't get a good feel for them. My friends, trust your gut on this stuff. These are people you're going to be in a relationship with. Property management is not a transaction. You're not selling them a pencil. It's a relationship. You're going to be working with them day after day and week after week and month after month and even year after year. That is not a transaction. That's a relationship. So if you are in a relationship with somebody, you want to get along with them. They have to trust you. You have to enjoy working with them on some level. If you have that owner client and when they call you, you see their name come up on your caller ID and your stomach just goes into knots, that's not somebody you want to be working with long term. So trust your gut on those things and remember that it's a relationship. Don't default to, well, it, it might work out with them. Well, of course, it, might. it could work out with anybody. That's not the point. There's a lot of owner clients out there. And we only want to be working with the ones that we feel are going to be a good fit for our process. At a future episode, we'll talk about some of those aspects of uh, designing your business to ensure that you're attracting the right type of owner clients. Okay, so before we move on to some questions, we've got two great questions here uh, from property managers. I want to thank the sponsor uh, for this video, which is 
pmbuild.com. pmbuild.com. That is the website uh, that that is a, a sister website for us here. That is where we have all of our educational information for property management companies like you. If you have never been on our PM Build website, I would encourage you to jump on there. We've got, gosh, I don't know, over a hundred educational videos you can find on there. We've got forms, packages that you can download. Some forms are free, others are purchased. We've got our actual system manuals. You can download the position-specific system manuals, samples of those, see how we how we have that. We've got offerings for training on income streams. We've got offerings for training on uh, training material for property managers. We've got information on our coaching pro- program. We've got information on how to visit our office. We've got everything you can find. That is our site built for you, the third-party property manager, dedicated solely as this webcast is to help you build, grow, and protect your property management company. So jump over there at some point in time if you have nothing going on, because I know you sometimes get very, very bored. pmbuild.com. Okay, let's move into our questions. We have two questions. Question number one comes from a property manager. Her name is Wei. And uh, Wei says uh, this, Mark, hi, hope you're well. I have a question regarding the negative balance of a homeowner. It appears the homeowner believes and would prefer to utilize the next rental income to settle any outstanding balance for the current month they owe. This approach contradicts our accounting process as it results in a number of unpaid accounts that may remain unresolved. I'm interested to know what measure we can implement to address this issue. Should we enforce a policy similar to what we have in place for rental collections, seeking some clarifications and some clarity for our procedures and our operations? Great question. This comes up all the time. This is one of the greatest challenges I think we face in our industry as it relates to managing properties when you bring maintenance into the process and you bring owners into the process. So a couple things to keep in mind. And I think what Way is, is referring to here, if you didn't follow that, is a repair invoice comes to you. Okay, so the the water heater goes out. It, it's an emergency. You have to get that done. You go and you immediately get that done because there's water going everywhere. And the plumber gives you a bill for a thousand dollars. And how are you going to pay that bill? You don't have any money to pay the bill because it's not your bill. It's the property bill. And it the work was done today and they handed you the invoice while they were there at the property and they want to get paid, how can you pay them? So ideally, you want to have money from the owner to pay that bill. That's what uh, what the individual is referring to there is I've got money, I've got a bill to pay and I don't have money from the owner and it's potentially causing an owner negative balance. Now, oh, there's so much we could talk about here. From a trust accounting standpoint, and I don't want to put everyone to sleep, but let's remember from a trust accounting standpoint, we cannot pay a bill to a vendor out of the out of a trust account if we don't have money from that particular owner to cover that invoice. Otherwise, it's called commingling. Yes, a very scary word that will put you behind bars if you don't know what that word means. Because what that means is you're taking money from other owners to pay the bill of a different owner. Taking money from client A to pay the bill of client B, that is frowned upon as in being illegal and considered commingling, which will wind you up in prison, sharing a cell with people you don't want to be sharing cells with. So we never, ever, ever want to do that. We have a couple options. Option one would be would be you just hold on to that invoice and say, hey, I, I need to get money from the owner, but I'm not going to pay it and that we should never pay it. 
Option two, you could potentially pay that from your business account. Like you could front the money, you could pay the bill. That's an option as well. I mean, that can get you in a lot of trouble if you're fronting a lot of money from your owner clients. Option three, you're going to reach out to your owner immediately and say, hey, owner, I had to pay a $1,000 plumbing bill. I need $1,000. Please go online immediately and make that owner contribution so I have money to pay this bill. And it sounds like that's what uh, Way did here. And then the owner said, well, just take it out of next month's rent. What do we do? And there has there has to be some policy and procedure here, but we also have to be realistic, right? If it's the if it's the thirtieth day of the month and you just got the invoice, you may want to sit on the invoice for a couple days until the rent does come in from the tenant, and then you could utilize that rent income, which has come back into your trust account to pay the bill at that point in time. So we've got to balance the needs of our owner clients, or I should say, the ability of the owner client to how quickly they can fund their account. With the needs of the vendor, how quickly do they need their money? And when is the tenant rent coming in? It truly can be a juggling situation as it relates to the financials. You also want to have a very large owner escrow reserve from which you can draw money on in cases like this. There's no right or wrong for how much this reserve could be. I mean, the, the bigger, the better. I mean, if I could have a $10,000 escrow reserve on every owner, I'd do it. Now, owners aren't going to want to let me sit on $10,000 of their money, so that's just not realistic. But if we could, boy, wouldn't that be great? Then anytime a bill comes in, we just pay it out of that owner escrow reserve, and we're all happy. That can't happen. We do have an escrow reserve, and you should have an owner escrow reserve to cover normal invoices that are going to come up. But for those big ones, that's where you may have to sit on that invoice, contact your owner client, and ask them to immediately forward you the money. Once they get that money forwarded to you into your account and only then will you pay the vendor invoice so that you're not commingling funds. And if you need to sit on it and wait for the tenant's rent to come in, it's not the best of option, but it's an option. So tell your owner you're not a bank. You can't forward money on their behalf. They need to send you money immediately. And if they can't, well, that violates one of the rules that we talked about in the first segment of the show, doesn't it? They have to be financially stable. Hope that sheds some light on that situation. All right, our second question comes from Richard. Richard said, Mark, I have an owner client who I never should have brought on. How do I get rid of them? Wow, Richard's just cutting right to the point there. How do I get rid of them? So Richard didn't listen to this podcast before he brought that owner. He didn't pay attention to the four questions. Oh, Richard, I'm sorry. If only only you could have listened to the four questions beforehand and avoided the headache and the hassle of this bad fit owner client. And, and we all run into that, don't we? We all have those owner clients that we're sitting there. We think, ah, oh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have brought them on. Or maybe there was nothing there in the in the, the past, but suddenly something happened. And now this owner client has turned from Dr. Jekyll into Mr. Hyde. And you're thinking, I should not have brought the owner client on. What do we do? And that's very real. It's going to happen to you. So when you find yourself truly regretting that owner client, there is nothing wrong with moving that owner client out of your portfolio because they're no longer a fit. Some clients are good fits for a period of time and then maybe something happens to them. Maybe they run out of money. Maybe they just start having unrealistic expectations where they didn't have them before. But there are times 
to part ways with existing owner clients. Now, a couple things you want to have in place to help you do that. One of those things was you should have a clause in your property management agreement that gives you that ability. So you you may have a clause in your PMA, that's your property management agreement, that says something like this. Agent may terminate this agreement at any time for any reason, period. You think, well, gosh, that that's, that's a pretty one-sided clause. How am I going to explain that to a potential owner client who says, hey, what is this here? You can terminate this agreement at any time for any reason? That doesn't sound fair to me. To which your reply is, oh, well, Mr. Owner, you see, over the course of years, from time to time, we've had some owner clients ask us to do things that are questionable, that are maybe even illegal or bordering on unethical. And I'm sure you would never do that. But if you were ever to ask us to do something unethical or illegal or inappropriate, that's not how we operate. And so we would have to terminate this agreement and turn the property back over to you to manage. And we would just step out of the management of the property. Is that okay with you? Now, no owner at that point in time is going to be like, well, no, that's not okay with me. I I don't ever want you to walk away if I ask you to do something wrong. So that's an easy thing to put in place. And then when you find yourself in that situation, and and maybe they didn't ask you to do something illegal or or unethical, maybe you've just determined it's no longer a fit, that's when you want to make them go away well, and you you do want to end well. At some point in time, we will have an entire episode about ending well with your owner clients because it's very, very important they don't walk away angry or else they're going to go online and say something nasty about you or or whatever they're going to do. So you want to work hard to make sure it ends well. But when you sense they're not trusting you, you may want to reach out and just say, listen, we we don't want you to be unhappy. uh, And I certainly get the sense that you're not happy with the job we're doing. So I think it's going to be best uh, if we just part ways. And you can go find someone to work with that, that, that their business is more designed to suit you. Or maybe you say, you know, our business is really designed as a full service management company. And, and I understand you want to be very involved in a lot of the things uh, operationally for your property. That's just not how our business is, is set up. We're really set up for owner clients who prefer to be completely hands off. So I totally understand your desire to be involved in the screening of the tenants, but that's just not how we're set up. So therefore, it's probably best if we just part ways and you can go find a different company, but you need to make that happen. You, in, in if and make it happen kindly. Don't be a jerk about it. I know you you want to tell them off. You want to tell them all the things that they did wrong and why you're so angry with them. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be the be the professional. Part ways with them gently and kindly. Okay, my friends. Well, there you have it. Hopefully, that was helpful in helping you determine who is a good owner fit for your business. And who is somebody who just is maybe not someone you want to work with as it relates to that? Would you like a copy of our four questions? If you want to see the questionnaire or a portion of the questionnaire, jump onto our website, thepmbuild.com. We have a documents uh, section there, and you can download that right off our website and see how we have those listed. So I hope that was helpful to you as you go through the process of finding clients that are a great fit for you. Remember, some of the best decisions you will make are those clients you choose not to work with. Until next time, my friends, I wish you success.